Picture this, a nourishing breakfast spread, music welcoming you to a breathtaking space, a seat with a curated gift just for you, a full day of immersive, interactive, and truly transformational sessions, a room filled with women ready to step into their fullest potential, women ready for unmatched personal growth soul-giving conversations, vulnerable and heartfelt moments experienced together, moments of tears, of breakthroughs, of wonder and of release, laughter, hugs, and permission to step fully into your most authentic, honest, and powerful version of you. The one that's already in there that's just yearning to come out. Join us and buy your ticket for March 23rd, 2024 for Bloom, a life-changing event happening in Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit thebloomevent.com to learn more about this day or to say yes to yourself and purchase a ticket to join us. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Balance and Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Mondu a three-time published author, speaker, and a lifestyle transformation coach who believes everyone should be given the gift of knowing how to live their lives feeling healthy and empowered. Things like moving your body regularly and fueling it well, taking care of your mind, setting boundaries, practicing self and body acceptance, personal growth, manifestation, and everything in between. Wellness is not linear, and it's not just one thing. It expands into so many areas, and on this show, we're going to talk about just that. We're all striving to live a little more healthy and a little more well, but what does that even mean? My goal is to help you see that you can move from the mundane to the magic when it comes to living aligned and fulfilled, and by tuning in each week, you can be assured you'll leave with nuggets of wisdom that you can implement into your day-to-day like right now to help you maximize your health, wellness, and your life. Now let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Balance and Bliss podcast. I want to share a little excerpt with you today from Body Bliss Volume 1 before we get into what today's episode is about and why I am choosing to share it with you again. In my body acceptance journey over the last seven years, I have come to realize that the ideals will always exist on the outside in some way or another. There will be no way to completely eradicate them. But I've also realized that a lot of my experiences were perpetuated by the way that I felt about myself because I let them. They were amplified by the way that I talked to myself, the way that I looked at myself, and the way that I measured my worth, which was not a lot because I didn't look like that ideal. And I realized that if things were going to change for me, I needed to change the way that I viewed myself, the way that I talked to myself, and most importantly, the way I took care of and valued myself beyond simply what the body looked like. I have realized that my weight and my size are the least important things about me. I now know that my size 18 to 20 jeans and my 5'10 height have no direct correlation to how successful, valuable, and important my role in this world is. This is an excerpt from the intro that I wrote into the Body Bliss book, Volume 1, and 
you know, the, the idea that came for this project was because I have spent a better part of my life. And as you'll hear in today's uh, episode, being a bigger girl, I've spent most of my life feeling less than and inadequate because of how much space my body takes up in this world. I want to also preface this by saying that I am living in what I have learned is considered to be called a mid-sized body. That is kind of a curvy mid-sized body is the, is the term that I like to use. I'm very well aware that there are people who are smaller than me. I'm also very well aware that there are people who are bigger than me. But what I share with you is my experience and how I have felt navigating the body that I have in this world. And truthfully, I spent a lot of my life feeling less than because I didn't feel as pretty, as worthy, as able to access things in our society that people that live in smaller bodies do. And like I said, I acknowledge that some people will look at me and say, well, you you do have a smaller body in comparison to me, but it doesn't minimize the experiences and the feelings that I have had as it relates to my body. This episode that I'm sharing with you, I talk about what my experience has been and I share even in this episode, I read an excerpt from my first book, You Actually Can Do This, Achieving a Healthy Lifestyle in Spite of Yourself, just sharing a little bit of insight into what it felt like for me growing up. And even in, you know, re-listening to this episode, acknowledging that it was two years ago, I've continued to grow in my mindset since then. I've also grown in my body since then, which is where I'm at in this season of my life, you know, being uh, postpartum and navigating getting my body back. I call it getting my body back because I've really spent, you know, 10 months growing life and now I'm nourishing life. But I I think that the one takeaway that I'd like to, to leave you with is that you have to remember that your body really is on a journey and that whether you are within society's standards of what is acceptable and what is desirable or whether you are not, that at the end of the day, that you are still worthy and that you should see yourself as somebody who is worthy of respect and kindness, both from other people, but also from yourself, because it's so easy to be hard on ourselves and pick ourselves apart. And, you know, in order to accept where you are right now in this moment, you have to stop looking in the past right? You have to stop looking at that person that you used to be, or what you used to look like, or what other people think about you. um, And instead, just really be content with yourself in, in the body that you're in right now. So enjoy this episode about being a bigger girl, learning a little bit about what my experience has been like. And I can assure you, (laughs) There will be many, many body conversations on this show as we release the body conversation episodes, talking with real life people who have also navigated body image because we all do to some degree. And I want to normalize that for us a little bit more and continue the conversations so that we can all feel a little bit more connection. Thanks so much for being here. Enjoy listening. 
Hello, welcome back to the Balance and Bliss podcast. This is Andrea coming at you with a little bit of a different episode than you're actually used to. Uh, typically, of course, Kim and I are here talking to you guys about all things health and wellness, but you know, we like to keep you on your toes. Um, so we've got a variety of different episodes actually planned for you guys. Um, sometimes it'll be Kim and I chatting. That's what we kind of enjoy doing the most, but other times it might be me, it might be Kim, and we're actually also excited to bring some guests onto the show. So if there's anybody that you'd like to see us interview or that you think would be a great fit for you guys, for our audience, please do share that along to us. We're so grateful for your interaction. You know, it really helps to guide what we put up on the podcast here for you guys. So thank you so much for being here, for listening, um, and for kind of rolling with the punches. Kim and I have a lot of fun together. And uh, it's actually going to be a little bit weird for me recording something without her, but I think I will make it okay. I've got a fresh cup of coffee here. It's a little bit of a gloomy day, but I swear I'm hoping that the nice weather is coming soon. When we record, typically the episodes don't come out till a little bit later. So I'm hoping on the day that you're listening to this, that it's actually really bright and sunny outside. And uh, again, I want to thank you for listening, um, for sharing. We really hope, you know, the reason that we started this podcast was so that we could connect with people and really help to break down some of those barriers, some of those misconceptions and some of those not talked about things when it comes to health and wellness. Because the reality is, is that it's hard. It's a journey. It's a struggle. There's a lot of success that comes along with it, but it is an ongoing process. So, you know, there's things that we that we talk about and that we want to share with you that we hope you can find a lot of value in. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And it's really interesting, actually, recording by yourself. Usually, you know, you've got somebody to chat with and uh, and talk to. But what I'm going to talk to you guys about today is really, it's kind of really near and dear to me specifically. And I talk a little bit about it in my book, but that is the idea of being, uh, and if you could see me right now, I have my fingers up. I do air quotes a lot. <laughs> I think if we could record this podcast with somehow you could see the video, like I, you know, we do record on Zoom once in a while, uh, or we have been recording on Zoom, I should say. So when I do air quotes to Kim, she can see them, but uh, obviously you can't see them. So I'm just going to narrate <laughs> for you what I'm doing. So I'm air quoting right now today's episode, and that is talking about being a bigger girl or bigger girls and what that looks like in society. Because though we've come a long way in terms of the representation of different types of bodies in the media, in advertisements, in social media, television, all those sorts of things, we've certainly come far. Um, but I think there's still a lot of misrepresentation. And in society overall, there's a lot of different things that come along with uh, and perceptions that come along with being a bigger girl. So that is the topic of today's episode. If we've never met in person, um, the, the, the biggest thing that people always say to me when they meet me in person is they, they look up at me and go, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought you would be. And I've been getting that comment my whole life. So I'm 5'10", um, just a little bit under 5'10". So I'm tall. I've got really broad shoulders. Like I do have a bigger body structure. I, you know, if I were to step on the scale right now, I would guess I'm probably somewhere between like 
210 and 215, maybe 220. I'm not quite sure. I haven't stepped on the scale in a little bit, but you know, I, by society standards, I am a bigger girl. So when I go to the store or I shop online, which, uh, has really become my favorite thing. I only shop online at stores that I know. Here's the thing with shopping online. I don't like when you order something and you don't have a store that you can go and return it to. So if I'm going to buy something online, especially clothing related, I'll buy something from somewhere that I know I can return to. And I have like my favorite stores that I shop at online. But when I go into a store or when I shop online, I'm usually looking for the 14s, the 16s, depending on where I shop, sometimes 18 this is the thing, right? Like clothing, wherever you go, you're a variety of different sizes. So, you know, 14 to 18, we'll say, and then a large, extra large, you know, sometimes I buy things XXL so that if they shrink in the wash, because I'm horrible at putting things in the dryer that should not be in there. It's funny. I always give my husband such a hard time. Like this was not supposed to go in the dryer, but I literally do the same thing myself. So if he's listening to this episode, sorry for getting so mad at you all the time, but yeah, so I am a variety of different sizes, obviously on the higher end of the sizing scale, depending on which store I shop at. And that in itself, you know, saying that I'm a 14 or a 16 or an 18, some places that I go or, you know, an XL or a double XL. I'm just going to also say on here, if you are a quote unquote bigger girl and you are looking for a great place to buy bathing suits, um, a friend of mine actually recommended a website called Cupshe. So C-U-P- S-H-E, one word. And they have they have uh, large sizing in terms of bathing suits and their bathing suits are really, really cute. I um, have always been kind of a two-piece person until I had Clara and then I kind of branched into the one piece. And now I wear a lot of high-waisted bikinis and I love the high-waisted. And those on the Cupshe website, they have tons of high-waisted bathing suits and I, I just love them. So if you're looking for a new place to buy bathing suits, this is not an ad. This is is just a place that I love to buy bathing suits is on Cupshe. But yeah, so in terms of sizing, you know, that in itself is something I think that um, that there are women who place a lot of value on the actual size that they have to buy. And to be honest with you, that was something that I struggled with a little bit to say, you know, that I would purchase something that's a double XL, mainly just because of the perception or the, yeah, the perception that society kind of has of those bigger sizes and them not being as desirable. They're not available everywhere. So that automatically automatically makes you feel like you're in a different category in terms of of the rest of everyone else. And I, I, I quote unquote say everyone else again, because, you know, these are just my opinions and maybe I should before, <laughs> before I continue on on my rant, just say, you know, these are my personal opinions. These are my experiences and they are my own. They may be similar to yours um, and there may be some people that don't agree and that's okay. You know, this beautiful thing about us being humans is that we are entitled to have our own unique opinions and beliefs and perspectives, but these are my own. And by sharing them with you and sharing my perceptions and my experiences, I do hope that it helps to validate uh, you a little bit so that if you are somebody who can't shop everywhere, 
or if you are somebody who does wear uh, 16, 18, 20, 22, that you feel a little bit validated in terms of the experiences that you, maybe you have had. You know, if you uh, are listening to this and you feel compelled to share your story, please reach out to me I'm on social media at Balance Bliss Blog and, you know, share with me what your experience has been. Because I think that the more we can kind of talk about it, the more we can normalize this bigger girl mentality um, and the box that it kind of puts you in, in terms of society, the more that it's actually going to break down those walls. That is the thing with stigma is with stigma, you know, it's there because people don't talk about it. So if we think about mental health, the mental health stigma is there because for a long time, people didn't talk about what it was like to live with uh, mental health concerns and, you know, to talk about when they're struggling and so on. And the last couple of years, especially, I've really noticed a shift in the way that we're talking about mental health and struggling and workplaces being more open to, uh, you know, offering people mental health days and all those sorts of things. And that does start to break down the stigma. So I think it's the same when it comes to different body types and bigger bodies and showing them as beautiful and and talking about some of the experiences that people do have when you do have uh, a bigger body than what society tells you is acceptable. Um, And so the more we can talk about it, I think the more that we break down those stereotypes. So today I really want to talk to you about what are some of the society's perceptions. Again, in my opinion, um, what I feel is that um, what it's been like for me to kind of be a bigger girl. And, you know, I know that there are people smaller than me. I know that there are people bigger than me, but I certainly have felt a lot of internal shame um, at periods of time, you know, because of the genetic makeup that I have. And then going along with society's perceptions, I want to talk a little bit about the media um, and the representation or underrepresentation of bigger girls and, you know, some of the value that's placed on bigger girls being in relationships and that sort of thing. And then, of course, to try and always keep things on a positive light, I'm just going to share a few companies that I know that are really making great strides in terms of uh, body shape and using their place in the internet or on the web or in advertising to actually start to celebrate and showcase um, their clothing being portrayed on all different types of bodies so that um, people can see themselves represented in the media. So as I mentioned earlier, I am 5'10". I am also going to take a sip of my coffee just now. Because I'm sitting here as we're talking, looking at it, and I'm like, when am I going to give myself a vocal break to take a sip of that coffee? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, so before we continue with the episode today, I want to ask you if you're feeling really connected with the habits that you know make you feel better and healthier. Are you spending more time than you'd like to throughout the day with thoughts popping into your head about what you wish you could be doing or what you wish you were doing? Are you wishing you had more motivation? Are you feeling out of balance or out of routine? Do you often think about the cycle of dieting that you find yourself on? If you're finding yourself nodding along, it's frustrating and it's annoying because you just can't seem to do the things that you know help you. Or you're spiraling because you don't know what works for you anymore and you've tried everything. Or you just aren't taking any action. And when you aren't taking any action, nothing changes. So what needs to happen for you to finally decide that now is the time to make a change? 
I'll tell you right now, you don't need to join another gym and you don't need to start another diet. You need to explore the deeper habits and the mindsets that are going to keep you consistent long-term, period. That's why I created the Holistic Body Connection to give you a roadmap. And together we break down your old foundations and thoughts and patterns and build new ones, ones that actually work and more importantly are sustainable. It's time to stop sitting on the sidelines of your life, wishing that things were different and looking for it in all the wrong places. So click the link in the show notes to see why it's the next right thing for you to create this connected routine that you crave and complete the form to directly connect with me about it. I'll see you there. And that moment is now. Um, <laughs> sorry to anybody who just heard me take a really big gulp there. I live, I literally live for coffee. I think I probably drink about three to four coffees a day. Um, I drink my coffee black and I try and balance that out with lots of water. But truthfully, I just love the taste of coffee. I cannot say no to a good cup. And people will say, you drink your coffee black? And I didn't always drink my coffee black. So I actually used to drink uh, my coffee triple triple, which is really, really sweet. And you, I couldn't even taste the coffee at that time, I swear. And I just kind of slowly worked my way down to black coffee. So now here I am drinking black coffee three to four times a day and I live for it. So anyways, there's a random tangent for you. Um, but yeah, so 510, anywhere between 210 and 220. So I've always been, I've always been tall. I've always been big, bigger, I'll say bigger. And I've always kind of been really truthfully, I've always been the bigger girl when it comes to uh, my groups of friends. So I've always kind of felt different or separate from everybody else for a long period of time. And again, I think that's just because of, um, you know, what I saw available in stores and, you know, the clothing that my friends were buying, I couldn't really fit into those clothes and we couldn't swap clothes like other people was, you know, other people were doing in high school and college and all that sort of thing. So, you know, it did have a bit of an effect on me. And then I notice a lot of things when I, you know, especially I would say in the last five or so years, I've really started to notice in the media and in shows that I'm watching about the types of women that are casted for certain roles. So I'm just going to go like with movies and TV, for example. Oftentimes there are, you know, the main role or the, the female leading role is casted to somebody who is taller, who is, uh, or sorry, somebody who is more slender in terms of their body structure. There isn't often that you would see a leading role being um, somebody who is bigger. You know, bigger girls are usually um, not the ones that get the guy. They're typecasted as the funny friend, or they are just, you know, that that supporting character or that person that doesn't always really get a lot of romantic involvement or attention or is getting negative attention. And so that doesn't really support people who are living with that body type because it just creates this uh, complex. And I, and I talk about this a lot in my book, how, you know, when girls are younger, 
younger, like little girls, they are not really at all aware of their body um, and the size that it is and that being dictated to any sort of opportunity or no opportunity that they can have in a variety of different things. So, you know, at what age do girls decide that, okay, you know, this is how my body is and it's either acceptable by the standards or it's not acceptable. And, you know, that can be contributed or that, that the, the thing that can contribute to that is a variety of things. And that is include the types of people that are, that are casted and so on. The other thing that I wanted to touch upon is the underrepresentation. Okay. So this might be me throwing myself under the bus here, but one of my guilty pleasures is reality TV. And so I love all of those shows that I just I don't know why. I think it's because it's just a complete escape <laughs> from reality. And it's just my opportunity to like watch some ridiculousness. But the shows like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or Jersey Shore, like I lived for Jersey Shore when it was on reality TV. I love reality TV. But especially I will use The Bachelor and The Bachelorette as um, as an example for the underrepresentation of bigger girls, because I swear there's criteria for the contestants on those shows that they have to be a certain weight. They have to have a certain type of body. They have to have like, you know, we need seven blondes and six brunettes and then they, you know, they need certain races on those shows. And, you know, obviously I'm not a producer for the bachelor or the bachelorette. If I was a producer, for The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I think those would be the shittiest shows ever because I would have no idea what I was doing. But I, I swear that there's some sort of criteria that they have to meet um, to, to manage for diversity and so on. But there's never really a lot of diversity when it comes to body types. So I think that, you know, there's a bit of a disservice there in terms of um, body representation. And I think that that can kind of feed a little bit into, you know, that our only tiny girls or skinny girls girls worthy of finding love because if they're not going to, you know, put those kinds of people on the show, then the bigger girls aren't, aren't worthy of, of finding love and being romanced in the same way that some of these other girls are. And that kind of brings me to another thought that kind of just popped into my head. I remember um, I follow, she's a blogger, podcaster, uh, Jenna Kutcher. She would classify, she said she would kind of say that she is a bigger girl or she's been told that she's a bigger girl. And a couple years ago, I think this was before she had her daughter. She posted something on her social media that talked about how she received a lot of comments. Her husband is in the fitness industry and he is tall and buff and by, really handsome by society standards. And there was a lot of comments that were made about why would a guy like that be with a girl like her? Okay. So why would a guy that's great looking, has a good body, all these sorts of superficial things, why would that guy be with her? Somebody who is not a size two, not a size four, probably the, the same as me, like, you know, size maybe 12 or 14 or 16. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make assumptions about her size, nor does that really matter to me. But all I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, just I'm trying to paint a picture here for you. If you don't know who Jenna Kutcher is, she by society standards would be, I guess, considered a bigger girl, but there was a lot of flack for why would a guy like that be with someone like her? So it's this idea that because you're not what society says you should be in terms of skinny with big boobs and blonde hair and whatever. Like, I think I'm getting a little bit far here, but you know, just because you don't look a certain way 
does that not mean that we're not worthy of love or that we're not worthy to be with somebody who looks like that? And, you know, there's so much more, right? If you think about relationships and love, there's so much more than what's on the outside. First of all, that doesn't really matter in terms of long-term partnerships and relationships, nor for the record, is it anybody else's business, but that doesn't really matter right? People who are bigger girls can still be just as feminine, can still be just as beautiful, are still worthy. You know, it doesn't make him a good guy just because he is with her. Like, oh, what a good guy that he can look past what her body looks like. Like, who cares what her body looks like? So anyways, that kind of just popped into my head in terms of the underrepresentation um, of certain body types in the media. But I, I do also want to say, just to kind of shift things there 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 has been a a pretty significant shift i would say in terms of starting to have more body inclusive representation more size availability there certainly are still some stores who you know i go into and the size they go up to is a size large and i'm like okay that's probably not going to work for me um, and for a second i'm like yep it's because i'm too big for this store but it's like you know what whatever i will find something that looks great on me that fits me well in a different store and who cares if it's an XXL. Um, but there are a lot of companies who are, who are changing the way that they advertise their clothing even. So just before I did this podcast, I hopped online to a couple of the stores that I know um, have been, have been starting to make strides towards more um, body inclusive representation. So um, Nike, for example, I don't know if you guys remember, um, there was an article that was posted about a mannequin. Um, they made a mannequin that was, plus size and that mannequin was in the store wearing like active wear like workout pants and there was there was mixed feelings actually about that because some people were like you know that's great that they're starting to show that bigger bodies can wear the clothing and be active as well and some people were saying that oh you know Nike shouldn't be condoning fat people or people who are big because you know people who are big are automatically also considered as unhealthy and lazy and all this sorts of other stuff, which I don't even want to really go down that road because I'm not a big fan of the negativity of all of that. Because, you know, if you were to look at me, for example, maybe people look at me and say, well, she obviously doesn't take care of herself and she's not very healthy because you know, she is wearing a size 16 or a size 18 um, and she doesn't look like she works out. Meanwhile, I bust my ass regularly um, to take care of myself and, and I do it quite well, I think. But yeah, there was a lot of people that were kind of pushing back saying that um, that Nike was condoning an inactive and lazy lifestyle, which I don't believe that's what they were trying to do. I think that they were just, you know, realizing and acknowledging that there is not enough opportunities for people who have bigger bodies to shop for clothing and see themselves represented in the stores and online. So stores like Nike, not only do they have plus size mannequins, but they also have bigger models wearing their clothing on the regular on the regular pages, and when I say on the regular pages, I mean I don't have to go and click through to a plus size page, um, and then the plus size page is where I can find all of the stuff that's going to fit me. I can just go onto a website, 
click on women, click on leggings. I'm going to add a hundredth pair to my collection. I click on leggings. I start to scroll and there I see um, somebody that looks like me wearing a pair of pants. So I think that that's really cool that they're not only um, starting to show representation in a plus size area, um, but they're also just showing it in and amongst everybody else celebrating that body diversity. Um, American Eagle, I am in love with their jeans. Here's the funny thing about American Eagle. And I actually told one of my, um, my colleagues about American Eagle jeans, because when I was in high school, everybody and their mother wanted American Eagle jeans. And I had a number of pairs and I remember they were so low rise. And when I was in high school, I was like a size 13, which I think at that time was the the biggest size that, that they would go up to in the store. And I have a big booty. I'm <laughs> not ashamed to say that all my friends know that. So, you know, a size 13 would almost be a little bit snug because I needed a lot of room to put my junk. <laughs> all I just thought of was junk in the trunk. I don't, I didn't know how else to say that, but I needed a lot of room to put, you know, to pull up and over. So with these low rise jeans that were already low rise, I'd be pulling them on and I, God, I would need to wear a belt because if I sat down, well, you know what happens when you sit down in low rise jeans anyhow, but now, so a lot of people associated American Eagle with low waisted jeans and now they carry sizes. I don't even know what size they go up until I'm pretty sure they go up to like 24, 26. They carry a, such a range in terms of jean sizes, which I love. And I, I love their jeans now because they're high waisted. Um, they're stretchy. If you're looking for, okay, so there's two things that you can take away from this podcast. Um, aside, aside from all my ramblings, if there's two things that you want to take away from this podcast, one is buy bathing suits from Cupshe. Two is buy your jeans from American Eagle and you will likely never shop anywhere else for jeans again. And they don't have a plus size area either. They just have all of their jeans in one place. And that is how you shop for them no matter what your size. The other place is Nick's Wear. So they're actually a local company for like undergarments, bathing suits, like body suits. Um, they're called Thigh Savers, which I... I swear I've put them in my cart like 500 times, the thigh savers um, by Nick's Wear, and I just haven't gotten them yet. The thigh savers and the bodysuit, those two are my like, they're on my wish list. Nevertheless, Nick's Wear um, has been actively, oh, they have swimsuits too, but they have been actively looking not only for plus size models, but just for everyday women. They advertise for everyday women to partake in their photo shoots as a way to demonstrate and speak to the everyday women who are buying and wearing their products and saying, listen, we make stuff for you. It doesn't matter what your size is. It doesn't matter what you look like. We make stuff that's going to fit for you. And they're using their models as a way to kind of advertise that. So I think it's really, really cool that um, that the big companies and the media are starting to shift a little bit in terms of the representation. Um, I do still think there's a bit of a way to go. And I just think that individuals also have a little bit of a way to go. There are There's a lot of body positivity accounts on social media, which I love to follow, sharing, you know, sitting down and what that looks like standing up. I, I love, I don't know why I love the, the Instagram versus reality split posts where it's like, you see someone who is standing at the exact perfect angle and their stomach looks flat. And then in the next, the next slide, they just pull their high-waisted pants down a little bit. And then you actually see what they look like. You know, I love those because we need to see more real bodies showcased so that people don't feel as stigmatized people don't feel as um, shameful and that people aren't put to shame for the way that they look. 
So the moral of the story is that one, you know, it's a bit tough being a bigger girl. I, my experience is my own. And I know that, like I said earlier, there are bigger girls than me. There are smaller girls than me. And, you know, people who are small, I say that quote unquote, again, by society standards also have their own sets of issues. I think that no matter what you look like, society is a jerk sometimes. And we're all made to feel less than for a variety of different reasons. So I just wanted to take a few minutes today to share with you guys that um, this has been my experience. And, uh, and I hope that it can connect with you a little bit in terms of how you might feel about how you are perceived and represented in society. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you're leaving with a full heart, some inspiration, or you're feeling the kick in the butt you felt like you needed. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or let me know. Rates, reviews, subscribing, and sharing are all great ways to support the show. And if you want to stay in touch, follow me over on Instagram at the.balance.bliss. Thanks for listening today and stay well.